Welcome to the newest episode of the Super Awkward Fun Cast with L. Latham. I am on with uh, on remotely with my good friend Betsy Freeman. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? Oh, I'm great. This is a, I didn't think this would be an exciting episode, but I can tell it will be because okay. right now, as we speak, literally. There's a lot of disinformation on Twitter on, so it's Monday, Monday the 15th of, uh, it is Monday. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Who knows anymore, right? Of the 15th of June. The 15th of June. And, um, there's a, a, an alleged DDoS attack, that's a denial of service, on a lot of cell phone companies which is interesting wow. to me <laughs> because I'm on the phone with somebody who has a cell phone and all of the cell phone companies allegedly are affected by this and having major outages. Interesting. Allegedly. But we are still, so this must be a very important conversation that's somehow protected because we are not having problems and I've been able to use the phone all day. <laughs> I have too. And they also said that, uh, and I'll tell you who they are in a second. This is a great one. Um, okay. But they also said that YouTube was affected. And I've been watching YouTube for about two hours right now, nonstop, as I yeah. usually do. So I'm addicted. But I'm, like, I'm specifically watching this, this chick that I just found out about who's a truth teller um, and, and does little videos of research and stuff. And I've, I've had no problems at all. And I like put it on the internet like under one of these big blown up kind of tweets that they do when they have one of these things happen where it's like all oh, the shit is down oh my gosh everybody panic 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 it's china oh my gosh like seriously because i was wondering okay who's manufacturing this because this is not real because i'm using my brain and i figured out that i can use my phone <laughs> and my my internet is fine and why if they had a denial of service would they not do it on twitter like <laughs> Unless it was someone from Twitter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, looked on a Twitter account that's pretty active right about now. Because we had these... Okay, we had this whole thing happen with... A lot's happened since we've been on... Uh, gone from the podcast. But um, we had another p police brutality event um, happen on May 25th with this gentleman, George Floyd. Um, whom I'm sure everyone who's listening knows about by now. Um... Even babies know about so. this guy. Um, yeah. No, don't no, forget. Yeah. And so so we've had a lot of protests lately. Um, BLM is back. Black Lives Matter, which were a big deal a few years back when there was a big, massive um, uh, politic police brutality event that was captured. Um, of Eric Garner, like the last one that I can think of that was really huge. And, um, and then his sister, unfortunately, had to go to the hospital and had some heart problems and then didn't end up making it out because the cops were there. And a lot of, a lot of people alleged that, you know, because she wasn't allowed out to see her family, 
that she was, you know, enclosed. And she was, like, trying really hard to, to go after the NYPD. Like, harder than anyone else had before, I think. Um, that she may have been murdered. Like, some people were alleging that. So, that's another situation. And then, so... What happened after this is that there was a lot of attacks on Trump because Trump put out a tweet um, that said that the rioters would incur shooting, basically uh, threaten a bunch of people on Twitter, and then Twitter left it up but gave him a warning, which I thought was... I'm not Twitter's fan at all, obviously. I have my issues with Jack, obviously, and censorship and all of that. But this is not censorship. This was him having his tweet hidden because but not hidden but like where you could click on it to to view it because it's in the public interest so that's what happened with his tweet then he had to be like oh but i didn't mean well yeah you did because you said the national guard was going to come in come on you full of shit so so he's you know clearly lying to try, try to make it not a big deal um, but anyway, after that, he was public enemy of number one, which is good for the agenda. So the agenda right now includes, among other things, there's so many things that they're doing right now um, that is very obvious. One, we have COVID-19, which has not gone away because people are still being Karens about it. So while right. everything's going on, they can, they can compartmentalize and be like, oh, but we can protest. That's no problem. We're putting our lives on the line for something good. But then at the same time, you're giving shit peop- to people not wearing masks out, like walking. That's fucking stupid. You're fucking stupid. Shut up. So <laughs> you're a hypocrite. So, and then even like the public health officials, because there was a 1,200 of them who signed a letter saying that Black Lives Matter protests were totally fine in this climate and all that shit that they said about staying inside forget about it <laughs> you know go ahead fight for your rights and then die maybe we don't care um so it's just a lot of hoopla over that and then there's the whole thing with the vaccine those are being fast-tracked right now the trials while everybody's distracted by all this other stuff that has always happened i'm not saying it's not a big deal but it has always happened it's never been dormant. It just wasn't in the news. There are things that they want to be in the news when they want it to be in the news. So they've decided that they wanted this to be in the news and they put it at the top of everybody's news feed every day online on social media for a reason because they want to elicit reactions to what's going on and have people burning down buildings and have agent provocateurs throwing rocks and shit at cops. Like that's what they want to do. And then they get their ratings and then they, they know that everybody's divided and not paying attention to what's happening behind the scenes, which may or may not be something to do with the Patriot Act or whatever, you know, something's going to get authorized. That's going to fuck us up again with our liberties, but that's what's going to happen. So mainly this protest uh, movement has been the most popular movement I've ever seen in so little time because it is to the point where everybody, including Wendy's, Wendy's right before they got burnt down because of this event that happened the other day in Atlanta where this gentleman was um, in a parking lot and he was sleeping and he was told on uh, somebody called the cops because he was he seemed inebriated, I guess. And then they did a... He was holding up the drive-thru line. 
Oh yeah, okay. It wasn't even uh, a good well, I reason. Mean, I don't know. I'm just assuming that that's what happened. Is that I think that is what they said. But so they, they had to go around him so they didn't know what to do. Yeah, that, that's right. You're correct. Um, but it ended up that he was a little inebriated. So then he ended up getting the taser from the cop who was using it on him for whatever fucking reason. And then ran away and then was shot in the back a few times. I can't remember how many. Maybe three. I don't remember. Um, but I read like Atlanta Journal-Constitution and watched the video of the the thing that happened before and then the thing that happened after, like when he got killed. And the GBI was super quick on that shit because they are never that quick to get the investigation going. But they were super quick this time. And I think that has a lot to do with the mood of the country and everything. But at the same time, you're thinking like, why would this cop, when he's under a microscope like this, do this kind of shit? Like, there's some other motive going on here that they don't think that anything's going to happen. Clearly, there's a it's a fraternity. It's a fraternity of cops. That's what the police union is. And they all got each other's backs. You know, it's a big secret society, but not so secret about it. (laughs) And so that's the issue. That's that's the issue. Training is the issue. There's so many issues. And it doesn't just affect black people and brown people, but it affects them more so in many cases and many individual cases. But what we see on a massive scale is the amount of events that have happened, including with with black and brown people mainly black people not so so many hispanics that i've seen have gotten a lot of coverage but um they do get a lot of coverage locally um all over the place if you look at local stories and and i looked at a bunch of shootings that had happened prior to this event in atlanta because they had a handy like um info graph thing so i looked at that and a lot of it was kind of cut and dry, like they were tr- trying to kill someone else or, you know, they held up a place or whatever the fuck and they had a weapon or whatever. So anyway, this event happened and then um, Richard Brooks was the name of the guy. And um, and then the Wendy's that this happened in the parking lot of was burnt down. <laughs> You know, it's it's just the what I'm looking at is the absurdity of the whole situation that um, that you can burn down a building in the name of somebody or some event that happened. And you're justified in that because black people. Right. You know, it's it's so disingenuous, disingenuous and it's kind of insulting. If I were a black person, I'd be like very insulted by this whole corporatization of this movement. You know what I'm saying? The co-option that they do every time. Um, so it's it's at the point where it's ridiculous. Like, it's going to be like, somebody said, you know, they could get, do like a people of color discount or something on like a website just to make, like, this is the reparations that they're going to do. Like, what is wrong with corporate culture? It's, it's You are the problem. By, by the way, if the problem is supporting the the solution, the solution isn't right. <laughs> the solution is not the solution if the problem is supporting it. So by that, I mean, um, there's a thing that goes around right now with the hashtag defund the police. So defund the police, put it, put money back into communities. Sounds good on paper, but then there's other issues, um, that you have to worry about. Like the, as I told you, 
because you're in Washington. We're going to get into that in a second because um, sure. I do want to get into all of that. But I just want to get this done off the top is that um, Seattle, uh, Capitol Hill in Seattle has been taken over by Antifa members who are claiming that they have built a new society, um, a new community, basically, and they watch documentaries of um, trans people in Paris is burning, and then they did the 13th documentary, which was the first thing that they watched, um, from Ava DuVernay, of all people. <laughs> Could you be more corporate, but all right. Um, and they, they claimed to be non-capitalists. So they're supposed to be socialists, that's the whole thing. So... They took over because there is a socialist um, house, not house, um, council member, because she, she has a weird, uh, not a weird name, I don't mean it like that, but like a weird pronunciation of her name that I don't know how to pronounce. Um, I don't remember her name anyway. But she left the door open for them to come into the Capitol building, and all hell broke loose, and then they took over the C SPD, the Seattle Police Department, which is now the Seattle People Department. Um, and then they got out of Dodge, and now there's a barricade, and there's dudes with, like, guns and shit. And it's funny how you want guns when it's you, but, like, you don't want people to have guns when it's other people. That's funny, too. Because um, this is a lot of the same people who will be like, oh, gun control this, go gun control that. But they have, like, AK-47s. Make it make sense. That's all I'm saying. Um, but they have a militia which is great. Um, but their militia is good. It's a good militia. They're, they're not going to do anything bad about it, about uh, their guns or anything. They're not going to hurt anyone. Um, but the people who were at the Capitol building in, um, what was it called? Oh, shit. What? It's not Michigan, is it? It might be Michigan. I think it was Michigan. I can't remember exactly what city. But what city? What state? <laughs> Michigan, um, but they came out and they were uh, anti-lockdown, basically, and they were worried about their business and everything, and they had guns, and they were armed at the protests, but they didn't do anything. No violence was recorded, but everybody was upset about it from the left side of the situation. So it's like left side hates it when the right side protests, right side hates it when the left side protests, and goes on and on and on. Nobody can do what I can do. I'm allowed to do it, but you're not allowed to do it. And similar thing with the, um, the rules of the lockdown, the rules of the masks wearing in public and everything with certain... Um, governors and mayors deciding, you know, you have to do this. And if you don't do this, I'm going to tell on your business. I'm going to shut you down. I'm not telling your business. I'm just going to shut you down if you don't do what you're supposed to do and abide by the guidelines. Yet, you go out into a fucking protest with no mask on right next to people. <laughs> and it's like, make it make sense. Again, you can't be mad about everything at the same time. There's cognitive dissonance to um, concern yourself with. So um, on that point, oh, man, I'm trying to really like barrel through all this shit and get to you. So I don't want you to be like, oh my gosh, are we going to talk about Bill Gates now? No, we're not. Um, <laughs> we will later because <laughs> that's an issue as well. That's part of it. But um, I want to see what you have to say because you specifically have moved from L.A., the shithole that I live in, to um, Washington, which is... You know, on its way to being a shithole, but not quite. 
um, and had the first COVID case, as we recall, um, yes. that was uh, recorded, you know, the first recorded one, you know, there was plenty before that, I'm sure. And they're finding more information that, that would lead you to believe, or they are trying to lead us to believe, who knows what they, you know, what, what kind of shit is cr- true or not about what they're saying, but what they, they being China, they being the people in charge um, of disseminating information, have said is that it could have gone back as far as October, and some people were saying August, for the first infections, which is hilarious. Because if it turns out that Jeffrey Epstein had COVID-19, I give up. I give up. Because already George Floyd had COVID-19. So, like, that would just be insane. Like, yes. COVID-19 didn't kill Jeffrey Epstein. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to say that before anyone else. Um, anyway. Yeah. And, um... And Harvey Weinstein didn't kill himself. I'm just going to put it out there just in case, you know, whatever happens. Oh, Lord. Uh, you know, you never know. But um, so people are moving from a lot of different states that are like having issues and city and stuff. And they're moving to suburban areas or areas that are cheaper to live in so that they can have a better life. Um, a lot of uh, independent media people are trying to get out of New York right now, and I don't blame them. I don't ever want to go back to New York after this whole shit. But <laughs> it's sad because it's such a great city, but it's it's shit now. It's it's over. But <laughs> like everything that happens in an apocalyptic event to New York in a show has happened in real life now. <laughs> it's over. That's <laughs> it's it's finished. Finito. Um, but you moved to Washington, so so give me an idea of what that transition was like for you. Yes. Um, well, you know it's interesting because I I've been I've been saying you know I was moving in the midst of a really kind of because partly because of my own personal crises, but also because of just change in my family and. I'm still working out the details of, you know, how long I'll be here and when I'll move back and and all of those things. Um, But I had this plan since November, you know, had been had been talking about it with my family um, for a couple of months. And, you know, for many years, my grandfather has tried to get me to move up here because he loves me and he just likes to have me around. And I mean, also because Los Angeles is expensive. Um, and, you know, like many people who live and work in Los Angeles, you know, after I've told people for years that living in Los Angeles is kind of like being in an abusive relationship. Like a part <laughs> of you knows that you should leave. Yeah. But a part of you just doesn't want to because yeah. there's so much going on. There's so many new things to do. Not and anymore. Even though, <laughs> what was that? Not anymore. <laughs> Well, right now, I mean, it, yes, I would, you know, I I was really struggling in L.A. really most of the time that I was there um, in, in one way or another. There's always a struggle. There is always a conflict. But that is part of just life as an mm-hmm. adult. And especially if you're like if you're like me and you have sort of a dramatic temperament and you're trying to figure out how to do life, you know, you're just in a growing up process. So. I'm, I'm not sad for the time I've spent in L.A. and the friends I made in L.A., and I do hope to be back there in the right timing. Um, and when this crisis started happening, I mean, you know, from the very beginning, 
when I first started to hear things about the coronavirus, you know, I just thought of it as this distant thing like SARS, you know, that some people are going to start freaking out about and then, you know, it never comes close to you. You know, we yeah. just never had this. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when, when the AIDS outbreak happened, you know, I was, it was the 80s, you know, and I was a little kid. So, um, you know, Same. and that's far different. We pretty quickly figured out what behaviors would spread AIDS and which wouldn't, you know. So it's kind of a different situation. Um, so, I mean, as, as you may or may not know, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of conspiracy theories, but I have, I do have the kind of mind that is interested in it, if it's credible. Yeah. And I think there is some credibility to some of the conspiracy theories and evidence, but I wouldn't bet my life on any one of them by themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that as, you know, moving up to Washington, I mean, what really surprised me was, you know, I just sort of think of the whole West Coast as being this big bastion of liberalism, which isn't really true. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and as I got closer, started toward, you know, towards Northern California, I started noticing, oh, not everybody's wearing a mask in the gas station. Um, You know, even the grocery stores around here, like there is one that requires masks. Goodwill just opened up again, but you have to wear a mask to go inside. But the other, some of the other grocery stores are not that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there are now cafes open up again. Um, I went into a cafe, ordered and sat down, no mask, you know. So I... And I don't think it makes sense, sorry, um, to to jump off on that. Uh, I don't think it makes sense for a restaurant to require masks in the first place because that's just a lot of touching your face, honestly, which you're not supposed to do in the first place. But you you get up, you get up, you have to put your... Exactly. You eat, then you get up, and you have to go to the bathroom, and you put the mask back on, and then you take yeah. it off. And it's like multiple times that you have to take on and off the mask, which is going to hurt you in the end. It's going to be more harmful than helpful. And I think right. that they need to be really lenient on that, especially since they don't do the same thing themselves. They are very hypocritical, the people who are telling us what to do. And for, for one, like, not even just Trump, but like a lot of the people um, behind the scenes who, who were, you know, heralding all of these, these views and everything from the WHO and CDC, who are very complicit and corrupt organizations in the first place so why should we believe them but they don't even do what they say they're supposed to do so we're supposed to do they don't do it themselves and then they said 15 days to slow the spread and then people waited 15 days and then that never happened and then it's like 30 days and then it's like whatever how many days it is they just kept go kept making it up as they went along and then left us in the dust yes so well with my my transition i you know, had every, um, my, my sister wanted me to isolate completely for four weeks before coming near my grandfather because uh-huh. she was so concerned that I might be carrying something. And I wanted to respect her wishes, even though I felt like that was overkill. And so I did isolate myself for about a week and I did get tested and I was planning to wait for the results before I moved in with him. Um, but the results didn't come nearly as soon as they said they would. It took like 10 days 
and the place I was staying I only had for a week so I would have had to like move into a hotel and my grandfather just didn't he just personally isn't nervous and his wife isn't nervous like they're just not Mm -hmm. concerned and he's pretty healthy and I actually I still can't stop him from going to the grocery store himself like I tried and I definitely do some of the grocery shopping but the fact is for his own sanity and health I think he just likes to go and be part of society and I'm not gonna you know we're, we're all adults making our own decisions and I you know I resent the nanny government yeah. deciding that I cannot make a free choice for myself about what risks I'll take with my health. I agree. To be honest. Yeah, and then with the reopening of everything, people will be like on social media, which is not real life, but <laughs> can feel like it sometimes. But if you're stuck in it for too long, but they can be like, uh, "Oh, but I don't want to go to the gr- uh, to the gym." Well, don't go. <laughs> Nobody's forcing oh, you, right, honey. Nobody is t- you are, Just stay yeah, home, sweetie. <laughs> so true we all fall for lies because we're social beings and our brains are consistently being formed and reformed and they can be trained i mean they're amazing organs they are truly amazing and they're not like a computer they're they're a lot more complex than that yeah and they're they don't behave exactly like and that's why i would say any force or conspiracy because i would say there's there's more than one faction or conspiracy at work. I would have to definitely, say, definitely. there is no one mastermind antichrist or whoever running the show at this stage. No. It's it's there multiple pl- groups ha- happening at the same time. They, I think they do communicate with each other in certain instances because a lot of groups just specifically, like, if you look up their, their relationship to each other, you will find a lot of similarities. You will find a lot of... Um, like like where they intersect basically in right. their ideas ideology and everything and so it is a big club as they say and we're not in it but it's right. multiple organizations working in tandem at the same time in different ways like on different parts of the agenda so there's like the transhumanist agenda the microchips the um, everything we talked about before on the podcast uh, the Bill Gates shit that's going on, the eugenics agenda, population control now is what is is the PC term. Um, so, right. yeah, like, that's him, like, Rockefeller Foundation, a lot of other foundations I can't recall. But they have a lot of the same goals. 
and they're working together, but separately, if that makes sense. Yes, um, yes it makes sense. And I mean, I think that we have all been trained a certain way, very differently. We're all raised differently. We have different groups. We have different allegiances. But what you'll see is that, you know, you can't really see all the way behind the curtain. We never will be able to. No. But those those groups will get divided against each other, and they'll get thrown into confusion, and eventually a yes. lot of this will stop. And so, you know, I think that's always been true because the human race has always been in danger from evil. There's always been mm-hmm. powerful factions trying to yes. drown out and destroy the little guy, trying to gain power, trying to destroy. And somehow the human race has survived this and we haven't killed each other. We yes. haven't had nuclear destruction. I mean, it's pretty amazing, to be honest. We yes. have the technology, but we haven't pulled it off. And the reason is, I think that there is a God protecting us. I think that there is a God that loves the human race. And I think that God always fights for the little guy. He fights for the oppressed. We don't see the justice working out itself right now. You know, sometimes, you know, you see someone get freed after being wrongfully imprisoned for, you know, many years. And it's beautiful. It's also horrible because they can't get back the time that was lost. But, you know, we... And we, we want that, you know, as people with good hearts who have any shred of humanity left, we want to see things that were wrong being righted. Um, and I think the real danger in this society and now in a time when even our government is saying, like, you can't do anything, basically telling us to do nothing, do nothing, yes. or go out and cause destruction, because that would be good for us. Um, right. You should, you know... Well, that's the worst mental health advice there ever has been. And I will say that as a person who has been severely depressed and has spent a lot of time doing nothing but watch TV. And, mm-hmm. and it, it goes, it's a bad spiral that goes nowhere, and, and it doesn't make me smarter. It doesn't make me healthier. And I don't get to do life. I don't get to make the mistakes and take the courageous risks mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to make in a free society. And um, this society, I mean... Every injustice that has been committed on this land, the land remembers. I believe that. And, but there can still be healing. Yeah. And we're probably seeing, I mean, that's what I think a lot of people who are, who are grounded in love, people who are grounded in love mm-hmm. will remember that, that no matter how much anger and hatred and destruction there is, Martin Luther King knew it and he said it. Hate does not drive out hate. Only, Only love, love can, can do, do that. that. Yeah. It's just not our instinct. We're like, as animal, you know, our animal instincts are that if you're attacked, you attack back. Yeah. And we do see the media stirring the pot. We do see people on Facebook attacking each other like crazy. And I, I would be off of it by now if I could be. But now I'm starting to just see, okay. I do have a voice, and I do make a difference. I just need to be really cautious about what I say and when I step in. And some people, when they start talking about conspiracy and this and that and all this, I agree with them. And other people, sometimes I think they go too far. And I'll just say, hey, look, do you have any actual evidence that Tom Hanks is a pedophile? Thank you. Oh, my gosh. We talked about this a little bit on the podcast. Yeah, I talked about that. We can't do that to people. That's called slander. Yeah. That's called slander, and it's wrong. I don't care who said it that you trust. Yeah. If you don't have any actual evidence, 
you know, thank God you, every one of us can't publish a tabloid, but like that's they get sued. You can't just say stuff like I, that. I know, and it it hurts the actual human trafficking ring information. Like it hurts to see that kind of stuff and then people will be more like oh that that's not true at all like that's stupid shit and then when they see something like jeffrey epstein and weinstein and all those guys and leslie wexner i haven't forgotten your ass but like all of these guys and the franklin case and everything like they see actual evidence and they're like well that's not true so you know it's fake news or whatever it's like like that doesn't help your cause at all and i'm speaking directly to the people who are who have been part of this crew, the Q crew, the Q tards that I like right. to call them, who always say the one WW one where we go one where go one we go all or some shit like that. Like they're they're a fucking cult. Let's be honest. So they spread misinformation because they believe a psyop. You need to know what a psyop is. Another example of a psyop is anonymous. Anonymous. That's not the anonymous count account on Twitter. That's not actual anonymous. So the the new one is very political in origin. Very much goes after the Democ- the not the Democrats, but like the Republican Party um, with their talking points. Went ahead and spread information about uh, cases involving Donald Trump, the president, and you know uh, minors of a case that didn't go to like that got settled and and all this other stuff and court documents that cannot be um contextualized contextualized uh for today that was that was very mis the timing is very uh suspicious on it and it it just went ahead and filled people's minds with stuff that they already be- believed about him so confirmation bias so if you're doing confirmation bias with your information your information is not real and it's not a leak either if it's from 2017 or and past so like stop pretending it's a leak they they leaked out allegedly the little black book of Epstein and I was like well I already have that and it's unredacted unlike this one so okay <laughs> That's funny. And mine, the one that I have, the the document that I have, I can't remember where I got it, don't ask, but um, I have it on my computer and it has literally like the circlings of the names, like uh, all of the names of the people involved, which one of them is Courtney Love, don't know why, but uh, allegedly, according to her own father, she was, she was a trafficker. She like helped traffic girls to Epstein and et cetera. Um, and may have killed a few people, <laughs> according to her own father. I don't know what his issue is, but he must have multiple ones. But he claimed that there were people who were thrown overboard of a ship or whatever, not ship, yacht or whatever the hell. Um, but they, there are bodies out there of girls who, who didn't make it. And that was something that was um, kind of uh, touched upon by Maria Farmer, one of the accusers of, of uh, Epstein. When she said that, you know, there are 500 or so girls, or I don't know if that's the actual amount, thousands maybe, of, of girls that, that we don't even know about, that we haven't heard from, and what happened to them, basically. And some of them probably didn't make it. So she, she had said certain things like that, too. So this is like looking at accounts of different people. But I wouldn't take those accounts and just put them online and be like, all these girls are dead. I don't know that. So... So that's that's the difference between me and the Q-tards. Um, 
I already lost where I was going with this. Yeah, uh, no, I mean... Oh, yeah, that, that, that information was publicly available is what I was trying to say. So, yeah. so believe what you can of things that you critically think about. Don't just assume something's true just because you want it to be true because you have it in your mind that something's got to be going on with this situation, whatever it is, political or otherwise. Look into it yourself. Do the research yourself. You see a picture, go look at... Like, I saw a picture um, of Dr. Fauci, Bill Gates Sr., Barbara Walters, Tom Brokaw, Ted Turner... um, Judy Woodruff, I'm trying to remember all their names, um, Leonor uh, Annenberg, uh, I'm forgetting a really big one, David Rockefeller, all these people were in a picture together, and I was like, well, that's strange, and then it said in the picture, like, the link to the picture, and I was like, well, let me try that, see if it wasn't scrubbed from the internet, and it wasn't. It was an article about the centennial celebration of Car- Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie, and it was a, an honor of in honor of him. They they uh, presented seven laureates, including uh, Ted Turner and everybody, and Bill Gates and everybody. Um, but Bill Gates didn't show up. His dad showed up. So all these people won these this award. So it was a whole big thing at the New York Public Library. You can look it up yourself. But that's the thing. You have to know the whole story behind what you're saying, or you don't look credible. You are immediately well, and you're not discredited. credible anyway. If you don't have any journalism credentials and you're just repeating what other people say, I mean, I get, I, yeah. I, I have a journalism credential, but I, my friends still call me out for reposting things when I didn't read the article, which I yes. do a lot. And and you know, people are writing headlines that don't match the article, which is not my fault. That's their fault. But yes. you know, I repo- You know, I'm just like everyone else, unfortunately, to a certain extent. Where, you know, I like to post things that I find that support what I already believe, and those are the things that I post. You know, I'm not looking to get my mind changed every minute, because nobody wants their brain to go through that kind of mental whiplash. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're also getting so disoriented and upset about it. Now, I haven't changed my mind about how I feel in general about this health virus, about about this health crisis, I should say, in terms of I think it's much more now an economy crisis and a mental health crisis than than ever was a physical health crisis yeah and it's not to discount the horrible agony and pain that people have suffered and are suffering it's just to say we still know that this virus is not nearly as deadly um you know in terms of percentage of people you know contracting it it's not a death sentence And we still don't really know that much about the transmission of the virus. No. And we're seeing that people who have isolated themselves completely are still contracting it. And that's what you really have to say. say, Looking at that information, knowing that lots of people who just stayed the hell home are still getting the virus, I better go out and live my life. Yeah. Because love is too important. Relationships and people are too important. Joy and happiness and nature is too I love nature. for me to let the government run my life. And I didn't grow up and pay taxes in this country for the country to turn around and take away all of my freedoms. That's what communism is. Yeah. So, I mean... I, I am I am angry that our I'm really angry at even my LA friends you know no one in particular but so many of them 
more than anyone else on my feed, you know, among my friends, you know, probably about half of them live in Los Angeles, you know, but there's 1,500 people on there, and half, and all the ones that I'm, you know, that have turned into the most ridiculous sheep live in Los Angeles, and it's sad, and I love them, and they're very smart in many ways, and I'll love them forever, but how dare you, but the thing is, I've always, I've always questioned the medical establishment, and I'll tell you why, Mm -hmm. because the medical establishment failed me very badly when I went through a mental health crisis, and I know that they only have certain tools at their disposal. It's not their fault. They're doing the best they can with a bad situation. There's much more going on in the world than what you can see, what science can see. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm not holding a grudge against any doctor or any nurse or any psychologist or psychiatrist who didn't make me better when I was mentally ill. But I'll just say if I had listened to all their advice, I wouldn't be, who knows where I would be right now. But I, I know that my life would have been drastically different and I'd be much more miserable and in pain than I am right now because the drugs and the things that they would have put me on, the things that, the kind of sentence, the things that they spoke over my life were not what God had spoken over my life. And I knew that I had a choice. I could put myself under all of those labels and all of that fear and I could just say, oh, you're right. I'm I'm this kind of person. I now have to go down this kind of road. Let me just be sad and miserable and disappointed. Or I could just say, no, I'm a person that can make my own decisions about my own body and my own life. And right or wrong, they're my decisions. Mm -hmm. And I'm very concerned that if we don't understand how important that is, we're going to be subjecting ourselves to more and more ridiculous vaccines, ridiculous restrictions on everything, travel, you know, just everything, jobs, you know, what we'll allow ourselves to go through to have a job and we'll just keep saying, oh, well, it's just the way it is. Things are different now. You know, we'll just stop fighting. And I don't want to, you know, I'm tired of fighting already. Even though, you know, I haven't done that much. I haven't been calling my congressmen or, or women. I haven't been, you know, signing a bunch of petitions. I've signed some. But... I, you know, and I'm not running for office, but I have a friend who is, you know, and I'm going to support the heck out of her. You know, what can I do? I'm going to do my part. And that's, I think, the thing that's important is, like, I have a trajectory for my life. I don't know the details of it. I don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years. I don't know what kind of job I'm going to have. I can even tell you if I'll, you know, hopefully I'm not sleeping in my car, but I could be, you know, I don't know. But I'll just tell you this. I'm not going to stop fighting for the rights of the individual in this country because it's too damn important. I agree. Yeah, me too. I'm so done with it. I'm so done with having a debate about liberty. Like, not liberty, but like individual freedoms. Like, groups And I'm not going to be told that I'm a danger to society just because I'm not scared. Yeah. They're telling me that I should be more scared of a virus that 99.5% of the time is not going to kill me. Why should I be scared of that virus? Every day I face that kind of virus just going to the mall because that's the flu and the 100,000 other things that are going through the air. 
Yeah, not right. to mention all of the, the poison that we ingest on a daily basis from the government. Exactly. Life is fatal. It has a 100% fatality rate. The only people that have come back from the dead and lived to tell about it are not telling about it right now very much. Less than... You know? Less than 500,000, less than 440,000 deaths have been recorded since the beginning of the coronavirus. That's nothing. I mean, c- compared to billions of people on Earth, like, like that's not, not even a small country, I don't think, of people. And you know what? No, long, no matter how long you have on this planet, it is the quality of your life that matters, not the quantity of it. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. It doesn't mean that you should go doing stupid, reckless things and trying to hurt yourself because I think your life is valuable. But it's what you do while you're here that matters. It, you got another life to live after that. You know, there's a future. Death is not the end of life. It's no. not. No. And there's a rebirth. And there's a, Well, there's a rebirth and there's a resurrection. And the thing is, no matter where you are in life, it can go somewhere different tomorrow. You don't have to make the same choices you made you know, differently, we're not stuck, and so, and that's, that's, honestly, with the contact tracing and all this other BS, that is my main concern, because ever since I was diagnosed with a mental illness, which was a diagnosis that I reject, I knew that the more computerized records get, the more that diagnosis can follow me around everywhere I go. Yes. And the more it can be accessed, the more good it can be used to discriminate against me, and I reject that, because it, it has happened in my family, and, you know, yes, if a person is not emotionally stable enough to hold down a job, then you should hire them, and certainly go through times when we shouldn't be in certain situations, like, you know, there's a certain, you know, I'm glad that there are certain tests qualifying for certain kinds of jobs, especially yeah. with the police, especially if you are, you know, being qualified to handle a gun or fly an airplane. Of course, there are certain mm-hmm. tests, you know, drug tests. I get it. Like, I, you know, there has to be some restrictions in place. But when you're talking about, it's already hard enough for a person who is, like, trying to get out of prison and go straight and get a job mm-hmm. to get a job, you know? And it's the same problem if you've been diagnosed with a mental illness. Right now, we still have privacy protections in place that I don't have to disclose all that stuff. Yeah. Right? But in but, the future, it could be changed. Like changed, you could be overnight. Overnight, they're trying to change yes, that stuff. I know. They're trying to change all of it, and they're trying to destroy us. And and we don't. You know, the thing is that that they there is a satanic enemy force in the world, and evil exists. It's they not do. just human. It's more than human. It's powerful. It's worse than human. It's not human. Yes, I believe that, and I believe there's so much good in the world. You you said something about um, you believe that everything's many um, from God. I, I don't want to say manufactured because that sounds bad, but but everything is because of God, basically. I believe that there's so much good in the world, good in human beings and in their minds that weighs out or outweighs the bad in most situations. That takes over and is able to go against these enemies hidden within uh, the the governments of all of these different countries that are eventually going to be world government anyway, because that's their whole point of, of like being. (laughs) And that's the whole point of the United Nations. And, um, then they have that, that whole website that I think I told, told you about, um, from the UN. UN. Um, I still don't understand if that's real or not. 
That is real. That is a real thing. I can't remember. It blows my mind that that is real on some level. And, I, like, I can't even. But, I mean, getting back to what you just said, does it outweigh? I mean, does the good outweigh the bad? I mean, there is an ongoing battle. What I will say is that I think that the real life, I mean, my one of my favorite movies is Spaceballs. And one of the lines that really sticks with you, you know, is where Rick Moranis says, you know, evil will always win because good is dumb. Mm-hmm. And it's not true. It's actually not true. Good is actually very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Can, can you create a flower? Can you make a, an organic compound? Like, someone invented these things. Mm-hmm. I believe that. It didn't just, you know, happen over billions of years and, and evolve. Like, yes, I believe in evolution. For sure. But I will just say, there is nothing, no matter what evil tries to do, evil can't create anything. It can only try to destroy and anytime yes. we can be creative and rise up creatively, and that's why art and music and beauty are so important, because they remind us, you know, and food, of course, nature, there's a real living energy in those things. And if we cooperate with it and we connect with it, I mean, even the most evil person still loves to eat and they still want to see flowers, Yeah, you know, which is... And for some people, that can be very transformative. Some mm-hmm. people can really heal. And what's even better is that they can repent. They can make new choices. They're, the Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. And I'm not calling myself out as a good person. I'm saying I have a mix of good and evil, and every day I have to get up and try to not do some of the stupid things I did yesterday. I have to try to grow up, you know? Because we're not, we're not perfect beings. Right. We're in a process of choosing every single day. And that choosing, in conjunction with God, will change us. And it will make us better people. It might not make every evil go away. I don't think we're going to transcend evil in my lifetime. No. You know? We haven't yet. <laughs> we haven't eradicated it. But it's a fight. And it's not a fight that we fight by killing people. No. It's not going to help anything. It's not a fight that we're going to, you know, you can get a lot of attention by burning a building down. And if it's your own building, then, you know, and you get permission from it, for it, and you get the neighbors to say, when you say, I want to make a statement about how much more people matter than buildings by burning my own building down, then, you know, maybe I would applaud you for it. But if it's somebody else's building, you're breaking a law. And it's it's a good law that you can own something. Yes, because the same thing that you do to others can come right back to your door. Like, that's what we've seen multiple times throughout history. People will attack one group of people with another group. Because they're always in groups, it seems. Um, And then when they get attacked, they're like, oh my gosh, what, what? No, because you are attacking someone else, you have to expect the same thing to happen to you because that's cause and effect. That's how that works. Let me show you the world. This is it. Um, On on that website, I didn't even get into what it is, but it's unnwo.org if you guys Uh want to look it up. And it starts with a page that says, let's take our planet back. What? When did it leave? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then you scroll down and you press the arrow on the computer, but you have to scroll down on on the the mobile. Okay, it's changed because it's not letting me do anything on there. 
So then I go to about. Let me go to about. See if anything happens there. Oh, it's, it's clowning me right now because it's not doing anything. Oh, okay. I see how it is. Initiatives? Anything? Want to open? Somebody fucking messed with it, I guess. Anyway, it says copyright New World Order Project 2020. So it could be one of those situations, but I don't think it, I don't, I don't have enough information on whether it is or it isn't, but it's not working specifically on my computer right now. So I don't know what that's about. But um, if I go to it on the phone, let me see if it's more mobile or whatever. But it, it, it's, it could be that somebody like bought the domain or whatever that it was open. And then, yeah. um, and then put all this bullshit on it. <laughs> but it had a lot more information on it before, but it's gone now. So whatever it is, it's it's a weird website, and I, hmm. you know, I went to it and I got a lot of information. Interesting. Well, look, I think that you, you know, I honestly think that there are many plans in place. There are many conspiracies. It's a miracle the internet has survived as long as it has. I oh. mean, capitalism has has, you know, somehow nourished all of these companies and kept us, you know, as quote-unquote free citizens on our phones and all that stuff, but... I mean, that's part of the plan is to, to get us connected to things that are disconnected from reality. Uh, like, right. the internet, like, the internet is called the World Wide Web for a reason, and right. you can get lost in it. And also it was created for the military. So it's not even, it wasn't for public use in the very beginning. But then they figured out, hey, that's a good way to get some propaganda out there to people. So we love propaganda, so let's check that out. And then we could do all kinds of illicit activities on, and, you know, get away with it because we have, like, encryption and stuff. So then they started to do, like, black market stuff on the internet and we had the Silk Road and everything and they put that threw that guy under the bus um, who I'm sure was just the scapegoat um, and then all this other stuff happened and the CIA creates like websites to go after um, pedo guys you know but like they made a pedo site to go after pedos so it's like you, you you're supposed to be doing good but you have to do bad to do good because it's just very complicated. That's how it is. And then also there are certain factions of the government that have really been um, complicit in a lot of human trafficking as, as well, like the Epstein case, for example, with the Alex Acosta um, thing. With um, But then he's, he said that um, they didn't put it in the Dirty Rich documentary on Netflix, but... He had said that he what it was above his pay grade, the whole situation with Epstein, and so he had to answer from a higher authority, which would be the U.S. intelligence agencies. So the U.S. U.S. intelligence, he was like he's an he's an asset of the U.S. intelligence basically. So we can't touch him. So he can't go to prison, you know, basically, um, or for you know for real prison. Like he can go to a fake prison, you know, where he's there for like twelve hours a day. I mean, no, away for 12 hours a day for work. And then it was even worse in the documentary because they, like, said that he was doing all kinds of shit where he could just come back in whenever he fucking felt like it, basically, into the cell. And, like, he just went to his office every day, four days a week, they said, I think. And that was just yeah. insane. Like, that's insane to be, like, in prison three days a week, but not even for very long. 
for however long you want to do it. <laughs> and then you go back to work. And then that's for 13 months. So, yeah. And they always get a little sentence. There's another guy um, from Hollywood, Victor Salva, who was a convicted pedophile, molester, who had molested a 13-year-old while, um, I think he was 13, while he was making his the one of his first films, which was Clown. Is it Clown? Clown Town or Clown? I can't remember. But um, let me make sure, because I just looked up this other day, and for some reason I'm forgetting it. Um, but he was very much able to continue his career, even with the help, monetary, of um, Francis Ford Coppola, who visited him in prison, um, which he was only there for 13 months out of an 18-month wow. sentence. Because, you, you know, you can touch kids and... You, not even just touch kids. Like, he, he ruined this kid's life. Count, Clown House. Yeah, Clown House was the name of the film. Um, the kid ended up being an adult, and he was um, very vocal outside of theaters when uh, Jeepers Creepers came out. No, no, Powder came out, the movie that was funded by uh, partly by Francis Ford Coppola. Um, and he, he was very vocal about the situation that happened and wanted everybody to know because not everyone in Hollywood knew at that point. And this was in 1989 that it occurred. And so it was 1996 or so when that film came out. But that guy's yeah. still working. That guy is a writer and, and director, and he's done Jeepers Creepers. Like, that's his biggest film. He did Fear Itself. He did, um, he did uh, Powder, as I said, and um, Jeepers Creepers 4. He's going to do the next one, and there's not a big outcry. And you see people get canceled every day, and all these things get canceled that are from the past, for fuck's sake. Like, Gone with the Wind is getting canceled. Like, it's, it's right. been done. It's gone. It's gone with the wind. You don't have to worry about well, it. Well, and I mean, this is the thing is, like, I, I'm, in some ways, I'm kind of, I have a real heart in my, and I've been thinking about this today, mm -hmm. for there being really good art that reflects, you know, wonderful respect in relationships and, and, you know, in all, in all ways, you know, and if you do that, you have to throw out most of opera you know, a lot of classic cinema and musical theater and yes. really just produce new works because abuse, you know, especially sexism has been so rampant in the past few centuries, you know, going back thousands of years in the cases of, in case of sexism that, you know, we just can't, um, you know, you just can't. You could not rewrite like the Mikado. You can make it more culturally sensitive, but but women are still property. So even if you take out the slights that they made, you know, against Japanese the Japanese people, when originally it was actually it was set in Japan, but it was written to satirize British politics. Um, you could take out that, but you would still have this problem of like the whole plot revolves around, you know does she marry this guy or that guy? And why is she betrothed to this guy? Well, you know, it's a long story in here. You know, it, I'll, anyway, I will but there's so many stories like that, yeah. you know, that we've, we've, because the, we like the music and we have good memories and there's stuff in there that we want to save. We've repeated them for many years, mm -hmm. for generations. 
And, you know, I don't think there is, like I said, there's no one right answer or response to no, all of this. No, I, I agree. And we have generational problems deep in our genes. Like, I'm not going to be able to fix every generational problem that I have before I have children. Like, which is scary. I don't want to harm my children. I don't want, you know what I mean? I don't want to, you know, I mean, I barely believe that I could raise children at all, much less in this weird world that we have right now. So I've got two problems. But despite that, I still believe that having children is good. I still believe that families are good. I still believe that love is good. And if we don't let ourselves get warped about that, and we just, you know, because I don't have the answer for crime and punishment and rehabilitation of people. Yeah. You know, except for Jesus Christ. Like, I, I really believe there is a foundational baptism that happens in our hearts. If you come to Christ, then you can be reborn and walk as a new creation. A hundred percent of the time. Now, I believe that people, you know, still stray and screw up. And so does it mean that you will never fall back into the same crime and I think you know with sex crimes we've seen it's particularly you know that's why we don't you know we shouldn't be letting people back out on the streets because it seems like well the risk is too great to vulnerable children obviously yeah but also um we don't see them go straight right you know have you ever seen a, a narcissist completely turn around and go into a different direction I want to believe that they do, that some of them do, that they can really be changed. And and I do believe that. But I believe that it's extremely difficult because we're trained. And, and life rewards us for a certain kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. And as long as we still get the same reward for that behavior, we're going to keep walking in that behavior because it's so hard to change habits. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say I was a little incorrect before with my information. I like to be as correct as possible on this thing now. Um, Victor Salva, uh, when he molested uh, Nathan Forrest Winters, that's his name, during the production of Clown House in 1989, uh, might have been 1988 when it happened, um, the child was 12 years old. And also um, the money came from uh, Francis Ford Coppola, to make Clown House. So it was 25000 that he got from Coppola. And he used his house. So wow. allegedly, not even allegedly because it's on film, but whatever. Um, I'm never going to watch it, obviously. Uh, no one ever sees this film because the film has been shuttered after finding out about the, uh, the not allegations, but actual things that went down. Um, so the child was molested on camera uh, for I don't know why, for you know specific purposes, who knows? Um, for the director's um, stuff, and and it was all filmed, and it was over a period of time. Sam Brockwell um, was in this film as well. It's interesting, and um, it again took place in Francis Ford Coppola's house. So I don't know if that's actually where some of the stuff take, took place, but I imagine it, it would have if it was on set. Um, I hope, I mean, I really hope in this season that what we really start to see is a lot of people confessing and turning themselves in for crimes, even if you were just complicit, you know, or if you know something about Jeffrey Epstein. If yeah. you know that you are protecting a pedophile, you know, and it, it, I hope that this is, you know, the day that for a lot of people, they just say, I can't live with this anymore. 
know, I can't live with myself. I need to make restitution for my crimes. You know, no. I'm I'm right now, you know, in a stage of life where mm-hmm. I have so much debt, it's horrible. And I feel terrible about it every day because mm-hmm. I know that that's not Excuse a good me. way to live. And, you know, that debt, it mostly harms me, but it could be said that it harms other people, too. Um, yeah. You know, it's not... The most of it isn't personal debt. So I don't see it, you know, creating harm. I think we're all in debt at this point. We're all in debt at this point. And, and, I mean, you know, I was really so thankful that quickly early on in this crisis, we did have a moratorium on evictions. I mean, and we did have, you know, Mm -hmm. my student loans aren't due till October. So that's nice. I was about to pay mine, too. Like, 20-something dollars a month. And then that happened. I'm like, it's a good time for a pandemic for me. I got a big, uh, I don't want to say, but I got a settlement from my crash case um, from getting hit by a fucking vehicle. If you want to get some money, go ahead and get hit by a vehicle, but make sure you're not in the wrong. (laughs) I don't know how to help you. I Um, know, and and me too. I'm still actually waiting on my settlement check. Mine is not as much as yours, but it's it's only a drop in the bucket. What it's going to do is, you know, I will pay off some debt with it. I will pay off basically debt that I incurred from the car so it's really not yeah. you know it's not going to do me any I don't know it's better than nothing but you know thank god there is some justice in the world and I think there's also favor and I think you know I've been thinking about that today because going forward in my career I don't feel you know I feel in some, in some ways I've been kind of lazy and I haven't you know advanced in a lot of skills that I could have and I don't have tremendous discipline Um, But I have a lot of love for people, and I really strive to be truthful and to be honest. And I try to be emotionally honest and authentic with people, even though that I find that difficult sometimes, too. But I also, you know, I have to trust God. I really believe that he gives me favor, which doesn't just mean that he, you know, elevates me above other people. But it just means he works for my good. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have any desire to see people wandering on the streets poor and homeless. And that's why the Bible talks about taking care of poor people. Like he says that the justice that I desire is that you take care of widows and orphans in their distress. You're supposed to be looking for the people who are hurting and helping them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't care what race you are. If I know about your, you need something and I have something and I don't give it to you, then I am in sin. You know, I'm neglecting another member of the human race. I'm your brother, your sister, your friend, your, you know, I'm your surrogate, whatever you need in that moment. I'm supposed to help you. And if we forget that, you know, I mean, people are mad at rich Christians, and I think that's fair. I think it's fair for people to be upset that, um, that people are starving anywhere. Mm-hmm. And... Only to the point that it makes you do something about it. And yeah. I don't, your, your part might not be that you can send money. Your part might not be that you could actually go today. Because maybe you need to stay home and take care of somebody. So that's why I get really upset when people throw mud at each other. Like, you're not saying anything on Facebook, so you might not be racist. Well, you might not have the emotional capacity to start a firestorm on your Facebook page today. And that is fair. Yeah. You know, Also, there's so much your acre. You have your acre to tend. You should tend your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual acre. It doesn't mean be selfish. It means who's in your neighborhood that you can help. Just go help that person. 
person yeah. and by doing that you know continue the ripple effect yeah pay it forward as they say pay it forward and don't you know when you catch yourself being a jerk because we all have days when we are jerks and i'm, I'm the worst you, you know, know. <laughs> then ap- apologize humble yourself and try to make it right that's the that's, thing yeah i agree that's what that's what you know anyone who's in a race who's been wronged all they would really all they really want is for all of these bullies to come back and humble themselves and make it right you know what you I, can't undo the wound but you can apologize for it at the very least what i dislike about that like the culture that's on social media and i can only speak for twitter because that's the only one i use but is that people, even people who have a big platform, way too big for what they say, <laughs> um, when they say something that's incorrect or they make an incorrect assumption about something, they double down. Like, especially celebrities will say, you know, what? well, I was wrong, but, you know, I'm leaving the tweet up or whatever. And, like, it's, it's a conversation. We're going to talk about it. Da, da, da. But, like, you, your main point is discredited by facts <laughs> and you're not going right. to go back and say well I'm sorry I'll delete the tweet all you have to do is delete it whenever I make a mistake uh, even an error like a typo I don't care how many people have liked it yet I'm fucking deleting that shit and starting over because I don't want people to get the wrong idea I think I'm like like sleeping on the job tweet- tweeting and <laughs> like messing up all over the place I don't want to make any mistakes. I don't want my name attached to disinformation or misinformation. I will straight up go look up stuff that I said about something like a few years ago. I'll be like, well, that's not true. I'm going to delete that. (laughs) I'll delete it after the fact even, but like after I get new information. But I think you have a right, like you have the responsibility as someone with a big following. And you know what, say what you will about hero worship and like idol worship and all that shit. But like, if you have that big a crowd following you, you know that that information is going to spread far and wide. I don't care if it's right wing information, left wing information. I don't care what wing of the the two headed beast it is. Just, you know, take care of it. And just say you're, say you're sorry. People need to apologize for what they've done to other people. And, you know, if they made some error that caused a ripple effect, which was which is something that happens and can lead to, like, legal ramifications in some instances that we've seen in the past. Um, most recently, the MAGA teen situation. Um, but when you put out that information, you need to take it back. You need to, especially if you're a journalist. If journalists aren't doing that, they're not journalists i will be like r.i.p journalism to them because <laughs> they're not a journalist yeah, that's right that's 100 right journalism, i'm sorry i made a mistake <laughs> is a ver- it's a discipline of verification that's what it is and so if you are found to be wrong you know i mean in, in extreme cases if you knowingly you know if you knowingly lie or you're irresponsible you will lose your job as a reporter and you should um yeah but yeah you should be always hunting down real documentation and real conversations with real people. I mean, just for, you know, don't just say anything. You know, don't just say anything. I mean, celebrities have gotten it's... in trouble, too, for endorsing products. I know. to be dangerous, which is, you know, that's fair. And in the bias of it, like, you're not supposed to be biased in the first place. So don't, don't talk like that. Even if it is on Twitter, you have a duty as somebody who works for a newspaper or an outlet of any kind that you should not be putting your own personal bias in any of your reports. That's right. something that's changed over the years. I don't know when it changed, but it changed it's drastically. Changed a lot. Even in the drastically. last 
10 years, it's changed a lot. And, and honestly, it's, it's alarming. It's heartbreaking, actually, because it's not, you know, the world has changed to a place where I don't know what I would do if I were a kid growing up now. I don't yeah. know how I would understand who to trust or what to read. I, I this honestly, is why... it's scary. This is why the Bilderberg meeting had uh, the post-truth world a couple of years ago at their, uh, on the agenda. Because that's where we live now. <laughs> that's what they've created. They create so much disinformation. They create all these, you know, um, even when they had the Event 201 exercise, the pandemic exercise on October 18, 2019 from Bill Gates, Melinda, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, and World Economic Forum put on the at the Johns Hopkins University's Health Security, whatever the fuck it's called, uh, at a hotel in New York City. Um, they had an event where they pretended we had a big coronavirus thing, a novel coronavirus, what a shock, um, that enveloped the world and caused massive destruction and eventually, eventually killed $60 million. Million dollars. Excuse me, that was a Freudian slip. Million people. Uh, I was thinking like them for a second. Um, profits over people. But um, they even said, like, one of them was like, oh, it was just 60 million. It could have been worse. You know, like, that's nothing to them. Um, and it was World Bank executives and stuff, and the CDC, Ch- Chinese CDC guy, the American CDC guy. Um, and I'm getting to a point here where, oh yeah, they did a whole, uh, section about disinformation and how there's going to be all these conspiracies about what the virus is and how it got leaked and out of the lab. And they, they said all this stuff. They said all this stuff. They said stuff about, uh, it, it, censoring the internet, which they have already done on YouTube. And they mentioned YouTube, I believe, uh, or Google, um, and if we're saying we got to crack down on this, crack down on that, and we have to have PPE, blah, blah, blah. They were saying all this shit before, and it, was, it started in Brazil, spread to China, and then the world. I mean, and then it affected travel. They had the, they have five different segments. Um, I recommend everybody look it up. I'm going to leave it again in the, in the description. Again, I've talked about it uh, ad nauseum, so I don't want to talk about it too much now. I'm just doing a recap of what it was. Uh, for those who missed it. And then also there's the whole uh, situation with Bill Gates um, being the authority figure right now, even though he doesn't have any medical degree or a college degree for that matter. And, um, yeah, well, I think he's been, you know, fairly quiet in the last couple of months. I mean, from what I've seen, I have to say, I don't really, I pretty much yeah. get my news from Facebook, sadly, you know, but I think that I would have seen it if Bill Gates was doing a lot of public speaking i mean i think that he got painted as the antichrist so even if he is a a puppet whether he's a puppet or at the helm of any of these conspiracies he knows better than to try to take more power right now well i did look him up and he's been doing some rounds um um internationally like in other countries um there was one arabic show i don't know what it is um but he was like He's not in the U.S. doing interviews anymore. It seems like he's, like, spread it to other countries and is just, you know, trying to infiltrate there. But um, he he is a problem, and um, we did have a hashtag event uh, on the 13th of June, which was this past weekend on Saturday, which was Expose Bill Gates. So we were, we were trending that in the community of independent media and people who are exposing him on a daily basis, like myself. Um, we, we kept, you know, spreading that information about him. That is all accurate. Uh, 
of course, because there are certain people who will say certain things came out of his mouth that have not come out of his mouth, and they need to be taken to task for that because it makes us look bad, it makes everybody look bad of when there's misinformation. Yeah, um, just like you know, people were taking Obama quotes out of context. I was yes. seeing some of that, and you know, I just. You know, the thing is, you know, even tracking down the very beginning of the coronavirus, at this point, you know, the battle changes every day. Yeah. And so... The goalposts change. <laughs> the, the, they keep moving the goalposts. Those change every day. And now it's yeah, like... Well, look, that's why... I we're going to be like this till the vaccine. You know, like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. It's like you... But to me, that's why, you know, that's why I believe in a God who is personal. I shouldn't say that's why. I just... <laughs> I really strongly believe, you know, every day you only have these 24 hours. You you know, I try to talk to God and let him set my agenda for the day because by the end of it, the whole world will, first of all, it will be. Every day the world has been changing tremendously. Yes. It's only been accelerated. It's been very accelerated in our lifetimes. I mean, with the onset of the Internet, which really happened in our in our lifetimes. We didn't have computers when I was a kid until I was 11. You know, and then, you know, by the end of high school, my friends were all building websites. Yeah. And now, you know, we're about to have self-driving cars, which honestly, I hope that somehow that gets stopped before it becomes true. Yeah. You know, that we're all self-driving cars everywhere. And to me, it's sort of like watching the Tower of Babel story, which if you've never read it yeah. in Genesis, you know, they didn't get there. I've they heard got that. thrown into confusion Mm-hmm. and turned away they could not get to god that way by building their own tower and and you know i think I mean, they use a any... little bit of Sorry, the i think they use a lot of uh, the bible to justify certain things and they invert certain uh parts of the bible to do their bidding like they yeah. they clearly have religious tendencies but they they are overcome by a very maniacal kind of demonic kind of presence um, and it can overcome a lot of people. And I get like the baser instincts of man is like, go after what you want, you know, look for power, you know, be powerful, be, be a king, be a queen, whatever. Like there's certain things in media, like all throughout media, like media, like literature and everything that has shown you that, that, that to to the victors go the spoils and so people have that mentality when they get certain to certain levels in their careers in whatever career it is and then they want to aspire for more and then they're given a bit like opportunities to do it by nefarious people and then they become uh immune to the nefarious qualities of those people and they think they're good so i think there is a real basis for people like um, Bill Gates and his his kin his kin in that industry maybe think they are doing good because they yeah. have this certain outlook. God. You know, they think that they have an advanced wisdom that they yes. can use, and they're smarter to than everyone else. So-called better population. They know what's good for us. That's what exactly. they say. They know what's good for us, and what's good for us, they think, is that there would be fewer of us. Yes. You know, and honestly, they don't, you know, I don't know about Bill Gates, you know, personal opinions about stuff, but, you know, and, and honestly, like, I, I, I need to get started on making dinner for my family, so I can't stay on too much longer. No, we're, we're, we're wrapping up really soon. It's only an hour and a half. No, this is great. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> the, the, I 
if it's a person who has Down syndrome, a person who never speaks, you know, whether that person, whether their interior life is ever known to us, you know, as a society, that person is still valuable to God. And we are not allowed to decide who is valuable and who is not. That has never been a, a question. I don't think that's ever been a question for God. Now, does he, I think that he offers real consequences to us if we become destructive, you know, and, and part of it is that we just get separated from our own humanity. We become something other than human after a while because you can't, you can't keep denying and pushing love away forever before you have ceased to be loving. And if you're not loving, I don't think you're human. Yeah. Something so, takes over. You're, you're called to love the people that are right around you, not just the, the perfect people that you imagine and wish you knew who serve you. You know, that's called pride. That's called ego. That's being God. That's what I think that anybody who is a eugenics-minded person is, is doing. Yeah. And I'm not going to say those are good intentions. They, they could sound good. It's and I wouldn't say that either, and and that's why I, I I backed away from saying anything like, you know, too, too, you know, nice about the whole situation. Like, it's it's an it's a point of view. It's a different point of view based on somebody else's influence that can be negative, and most likely is destructive and negative. But you view it as a positive. Yeah, that's well, a psychological operation of itself in itself. Like. It's seductive. Even Nazism is seductive to certain people. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, we are all, like, you know, we said before, we're all vulnerable to being lied to. Exactly. And it comes need, back to we that. Need wisdom. Hey, there is a callback. Yeah. We did a callback. I love it. We did a callback. Yeah, I know. I like that we keep touching back to certain things. There's no one, you know, there's no one in the world, I really believe that God can't reach while they're still on this planet and, and touch them and heal them and make them, you know, a, a good person, like really, truly transform them. And I don't think that happens without God. I think that if you are a quote unquote good person, you're already cooperating in accordance with God's laws and, and who God is, whether you acknowledge that or, or consciously know it or not. And I, I, you know, I, that's what I'm praying in this time that people are more, including me are much more humble and and that we put away our ambitions and our power hungriness and we say well guess what i maybe i didn't really need the job that i had or the car that i had maybe i didn't really need you know um you know to live the life that i have been living let me just adjust and adapt to what's going on right now even even though maybe we're all being victimized which I think in some ways we are. Yes. But There's we allow ourselves that, yeah. to be victimized. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that we need to remember. We allow ourselves to be victimized. Once you right. let somebody take control over your life, you have given them carte blanche authority over your life. Like, And don't let them. I mean, there's times that I've actively tried to resist even small things in which I felt I was being violated legally. You know, even small things where I've really, you know, I've put up a fight at airports when they tried to. Yes. I mean, one, one time they, they told me that they had to, uh, they basically had to molest me. 
that because, happened to me as well. I, I agree yeah. with you entirely. So there's a lot of stuff, you know, going on that, you know, I do believe that we do need to submit to authority and, and laws unless they're directly asking me to violate, you know, something that God has told me, um, whether it's in his word or something that he's told me in prayer. But at the same time, there are times when you're just like, yeah, you know, if someone put a gun in my hand and said, I order you by the United States you know, to shoot this person, would I do it? No. I would, There's no way I would do that. That's, I, that's when I would, I would say, no, I would rather die. Shoot me. I would die. I would die. I, I would, I, I don't know how I go, how far I go with the no mask thing. Cause I just haven't had to do it yet. But yeah. there have been times when I thought to myself, how far could I take my resistance? <laughs> I mean, how far logically can I take this? And I, you know, I keep coming back to, I just, I'm not going to do it. And I don't know yeah. what's going to force me to do it. I mean, this is June 15th. So who knows what's going to happen in July? Hopefully nothing, but I hope to see no change in that because that's who I am. I'm not going to be someone who submits to every demand of my chosen authority. I didn't even choose this authority. I don't elect people. I don't vote. So I have, I have, you have no authority over me. And yeah, I pay taxes because I'm forced to. You think I'd do it if I wanted to? But, I mean, I don't pay taxes, right. but I pay sales tax. You know, that sort of tax. I, I Everybody pays the sales tax. You know what I'm right. saying? Everybody right. has well, taxes taken I, out. Yeah, I went, in, I went in to have a pedicure yesterday, and I had to wear a mask. Cause, and they took my temperature. And, I, and it's they so took my weird. It's not right. It's just... It's not, it's not right, and it's especially not right for the employees. I mean, this poor girl doing my nails, she just said to me, I didn't even bring it up. She's like, it's really hard wearing a mask all day. Now... Think about the fact she's already using these dangerous chemicals. Yeah. So now she's breathing them in with her breathing restricted. And, and I, you know, at the time I didn't even quite get that. And she actually said to me, your feet are like the nicest of any of the feet I've done because now that they've reopened, people have apparently not been taking care of their feet at all. Yeah. And they're paying someone else to, which is just gross. That's stupid. Have your someone else cut your toenails while you're in quarantine. I don't or care cut your own. Your next door <laughs> I um, cut mine and I'm disabled. So what, what's your deal? <laughs> I don't know. I was just like really appalled because I know like. Not I, you. I'm not sure you. I, just I, like. I, then like like what's their problem if i can't if i can do it anyone can do it because i'm fucking disabled and it hurts every time i do it but i do it yeah but that poor woman i mean but the fact is you know there are times when i feel like okay it's better to give my money and do something in the economy and to you know do something nice for myself today than to just sit home and be mad about the mask rule but at the same time I really want this to be lifted because, like I said, it's really hard enough to be working in a service profession. To be working in a service profession with your mask on all day, I think is wrong. I think I you just have see, a choice. If you want to wear it, go for it. But I see a lot of complications from this, a lot of health complications coming from this. A lot of people are going to have a lot of problems, and I'm going to be like, you know what? I told—I don't want to be. I told you so, but I told you so. Like this is not something we should just be putting up to who, whoever at the who. Like they right. shouldn't get to decide how we're going to live our lives. They just shouldn't. No. That should be our choice. It should be our choice. Freedom and of movement. We're not China. We're not China. People in China. Are they want us very to be China. Different lives, and they're not even allowed to practice, you know, their own religion. 
And Uyghur Muslims are still, like, in camps, in concentration camps right now, and being used for forced labor for Apple, like, because of the, the shortage of jobs for Chinese people. Like, it's just, it's always going to be that there's going to be little guys, and they're going to be trampled on, and gals, <laughs> and yeah. you don't even see those people. Those aren't the victims you see every day. You see fake victims who people put out... In, into the atmospheres, like, oh my gosh, they've been, you know, hurt da, 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 with words or whatever. But, like, there are actual victims out there, people who have been trod downtrodden for s centuries and have right. been overlooked. Well, I this has been wonderful, and I, I, yeah, I think that we should continue to uh, yeah. speak freedom to the captives. That's what we have to do. We have to say, and we have to remind people that if the fear is all in your head, that's all it is. So you can get out of it. Fear's Stop a mind killer. Fear. Fear's a mind killer. And I do want to also right. say at the end of the podcast, and we'll get to like links or whatever if you want to say what you're doing, but if you're doing anything, but <laughs> there's a book that I just learned about from Whitney Webb. Shout out Whitney Webb, whoever, if she ever wa reads, reads, listens to this, um, which she probably won't because she has a lot of time to that she has to devote to her journalistic endeavors. And I totally understand that. But if she gets a chance to listen to it, shout out to you, Whitney Webb. Thanks for the recommendation for the book, We, by uh, Eugene Yamiatin, uh, from who grew up, uh, who was born in Russia, moved to France. But he wrote this book, which was the inspiration for what we saw in 1984 and Brave New World and a couple other ones, including one by Ayn Rand, um, where it's a dystopian future everybody's numbers and everybody's transparent they have to like live in class houses and show everything in their lives and they get a little bit of time every day for personal hours which includes sexual relations which is behind the curtains at least i guess you can you at least get that privacy but it's only a couple hours every day uh, and then everything else is regimented and everybody does everything at the same time somehow in uniform so it's conformity times a million and it's what he envisioned of what would come of the Soviet Union if things went really to the nth degree, totalitarian-wise. So it's a really good novel. I'm four chapters in. It's It reads really well for 1921 or 1920. I'm not really sure exactly which year it was. Um, they aren't really sure either, the people who do the scholarly stuff. But I, I guess it was 1921. I, I, would, I would guess 1921. That's my guess, anyway. But... It's a really good book uh, so far. I found the PDF. I'll, I'll link to it below in the description so you guys can read it. I just found it on Twitter. So sometimes Twitter threads work out for you. Sometimes comment sections on YouTube work out for you. I find a lot of stuff there. Found the stuff about, um, about the guy behind Bilderberg, the meetings, the guy who came up with the whole thing. Uh, Joseph Rodinger, whatever his name is, Rodzin, I don't know what his name is. But anyway, it's it's um, some guy from Holland. Anyway, that is going to wrap everything up. Poland, he's from Poland. Um, Thank you. Anyway, Poland or Holland, I can't remember. One of them is from Holland. Um, but yeah, I would say okay. Scandinavia. But anyway, um, we're going to wrap it up and, and a bow and throw it out the window. And you can say whatever you want for what's going on in your life, what's happening Sure. Uh, well, I represent a few artists, uh, musicians, and speakers, uh, and comedians, and 
if you um, are interested in coming to an online women's retreat, we're planning one for July 25th in the afternoon. It's called Free Spirit, um, and we'll just be talking about identity and be, becoming who we were created to be, and embracing that, uh, and not trying to, and not trying to conform into other people's ideas of what our identity should be, and just taking our identity for what it is and enjoying it. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I'm up to right now. And if you want to follow me on uh, Instagram, it's B Freeman Booking, I believe. Maybe it's Betsy Freeman Booking. I spell Betsy with an I, B-E-T-S-I. Um, and actually, I do have a website that's BetsyFreemanBooking.com. It's in progress, but you're welcome to check it out and check out my clients. Over over the next uh, couple months, I hope to have that more up and running because I do believe we will be having in-person events and live shows and that we will get together and laugh and hug each other and not freak out Woo. about germs. Yes. If they can hug each other in a protest, we can hug each other anywhere. <laughs> and we should for our own emotional well-being. Yes. Free hugs for yes. everyone. All right. And I would hug you if I could. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining the show. Yay. All right, well, that'll wrap that up. Um, I don't know when I'll be releasing this next couple days, I guess. Um, Thank you so much for joining, and you have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. All right, have a good evening. Bye. All right, thank you.